Hi, Green Junkie. I'm your host, Stephanie Moran. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Hannah Orvik about sustainability in the interior design industry and how we can make your home more sustainable. Lawless Design was started in 2016 by founder Hannah out of fussing her passions of interior design and wellness. Lawless Design is a full-service, holistic design firm that focuses on residential products and boutique-style commercial space, as wellness is one of Hannah and Lawless Design's core values. She strives to incorporate wellness and sustainability into all the spaces she designs. Hannah advocates for sourcing from sustainable companies and eco-friendly materials that are non-toxic for the spaces she designs. When she's not designing, she enjoys being outside, going on hikes with her husband and dog. If you love learning new ways you can reduce your impact on the environment, please subscribe to the Green Junkie podcast on whatever platform you get your podcast. That way, you'll never miss another Green Living episode. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. You're very welcome. So let's dive right into sustainable design. So first, tell me about yourself and kind of how you got started on the sustainable interior design journey. Yeah, so I'm the founder and interior designer of Lawless Design. I started it a few years ago. So I went to school for interior design at a college just north of Boston. It's called Endicott College. And I had a a bachelor's degree of interior design. And I also had a minor in in, uh, business. And then we focused on a concentration in sustainable design. So in college, it was really the first time that I had really ever kind of even heard of sustainability, to be honest. It wasn't super common. This was like the 2010 era. It wasn't super, super common, I guess, where I lived. I came from a small town and, you know, my parents recycled and kind of did the the little things like that, but I hadn't really noticed that. And so after college, when I graduated, I worked for a couple of different architecture firms. And while I was there, I, I loved the work that I did for the most part, loved the companies that I worked for. I just started to realize it wasn't my passion. And I really wanted to fuse my love of healthy living and wellness with interior design. And originally I wasn't hundred percent sure how to. So over the years, it's really evolved. And when I started my business, that's really when I started implementing it. And Lawless is a very unique name. So how did you come up with that name? It's actually my great grandmother's maiden name. And then it's my grandfather's middle name. So I really wanted something to be personal and tie in with like me and my family, but I didn't necessarily want my name. So I thought that adding lawless design, not only just sounded cool. I thought that had a nice, it was nice to have like that family tie to it. Right. And it's super unique. Like probably no one is, is going to have that name <laughs> like going forward. Right. So a super unique name. And before we just dive into like sustainability, interior design, I know we touched, I touched on it in your bio, but can you explain to the listeners, like, what does that look like sustainable interior design? Cause you know, we know what interior design is like designing your home, but what is it marrying sustainability and interior design exactly? I think it's going to look different for it. I mean, it really looks a lot different for every single client because I think you want to focus on what your values are and what's important to you. 
So when I originally start working with clients, I talk to them about this and talk about sustainability and eco-friendly products. And some of them are really, really interested in it. And that's why they're hiring me. Other times clients are like, oh, like that's cool, but it's not something that they necessarily really even thought of. So a lot of it is kind of coaching them and, you know, figuring out how to implement those kind of things. in. so I think a lot of it just starts with being mindful. I think interior design can get a really bad rap for being really wasteful. Um, you know, a lot of it definitely mm-hmm. can be. And so being mindful about the products that you use, being mindful about the companies that you source from is really just important. And, you know, the first start of sustainability for your home. And so you touched on like, sometimes clients will come to you and they're not really in like the green living sustainable, like bubble, you know, so they just want their house design. Do you still work with those clients and then guide them to that? Letting them know, like when I am working with clients, I'm promoting sustainable interior design. So, you know, sometimes the price is more expensive sometimes, right? So Mm -hmm. are you guiding them that direction or will you just kind of follow what they want? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I think it's definitely had to evolve over the years because when I first started, I didn't have the portfolio work or the client relationship to get those kind of projects. And so it's really evolved over the years where starting out, you know, you're kind of, you're really just doing any project that you can to make a name for yourself, get work and, you know, really grow your business. And so over the years, it's something now where I'm fortunately able to take on the type of projects that I want to. And so going into it, like I said, a lot of times the clients that come to me, I think they come to me because we have a lot in common outside of interior design, outside of like my style and what we're going to produce for them, but also, oh, they really enjoy being outdoors and hiking, or, you know, they're really into gardening and growing their own fruits and vegetables or, you know, all these different kind of things that I promote on social media and kind of just things that I do with health and wellness in general. Other times when clients just see our work and they see the portfolio and they're like, oh, you know, it's nice. That's where I do have to educate them and tell them, you know, this is why we should be looking into these things. This is why we should be going with this paint versus this paint or going with this kind of material. And a lot of it, I I think a lot of it is just, again, you just don't know what you don't know as I did years ago. And so it's really just important as you teach and you work with clients, they start to just realize the importance of these selections and, um, you know, for themselves and for the environment. And so, so you work with these clients and, you know, you're guiding them to, you know, maybe better paint options or better furniture Mm -hmm. options. So when you got started on this whole sustainability, you know, coming together with interior design, like, why do you, why do you think it's important for people, whether they're, you know, maybe they're not ready to like do a big interior design job, but why do you think it's important for people now to really be more mindful of selecting better products and being sustainable when it comes to their house? I know you mentioned waste, like interior design can create waste, but why do you think it's important for people now more than ever specifically like to make those more mindful choices and kind of whether they're into sustainability or not to just take that route anyways? Well, you're in your home so much more. I think just in the last couple of years, people have realized. So the different products that you're exposed to and materials and chemicals that you're exposed to can really make a big difference with like I had, we had talked about paint earlier and go, certain types of paint have VOCs in them. Um, you know, which we know that can be harmful for us. And so 
just going with different selections that are going to be better for your health in the long run is really, really essential. I actually had a client, um, I think about a couple of years ago now, and we were before we were working together, she had shared with me that they had moved into a new build before they, they ended up having to move. But this new build, there were some mold issues in it. And within six months, the, the husband already had a respiratory issue and he ended up getting really, really sick from some of the materials and some of the different aspects that went into this home that they ended up having to move after just about like a few months because he got so sick from that home. And so I think that was a really big wake up call for me to just see how important that the selections that we make are. And to be honest, a lot of times it's not as dramatic as someone getting incredibly sick from that very noticeably. But I think the the these things have long-term effects and detrimental over time, over a long period of time. The old gods have fallen and the world descends into turmoil. But amidst nations rallying their armies, a nefarious cult hellbent on chaos and the new gods attempting to seize control of it all. A spark of hope arises. We are the agents of repair, and we vow to contest these evils. To make the world a better place, no matter what stands in our way. Listen to Venture Forth, a D&D podcast, across all podcasting platforms. And it also doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> they don't, they don't have to come in. So when you are, you know, if you wanted to share some tips, so like somebody maybe isn't in the position right now to like hire an interior designer, but what are things that somebody can do to make their home more sustainable? Is it their furniture? Is it their paint? Is it, you know, what is it in their home that you would recommend, you know, a bunch of tips when it comes to changing up your home to make it more livable and make it sustainable and designing it? What are some tips that you can offer? I think the first thing is just start thinking about what you really value and what's going to make the biggest, biggest difference to you. I have clients where certain rugs are really important to them and that's something that they love. So we start looking at natural fiber rugs, or maybe we're looking at vintage rugs. Other times, maybe the client just really wants to spruce up the walls, like you said. So looking into certain paints is really important. So I think kind of identifying your values first is the first start. But I think the number one thing, if you do start to look at furniture, is just shop vintage. And I talk about that a lot. I think there's a lot of great aspects about vintage furniture. For one, the quality is really, really amazing on a lot of vintage pieces. A lot of pieces were, you know, aren't made like that anymore too. It obviously is sustainable because you're not making another product. If you're able to find something locally at your local thrift store, then you're cutting down on shipping costs. And the other thing that I think is also really vital and important is it brings a uniqueness into your home, which I think is really cool to add in this character where not everyone is going to have the same piece and it makes it really personal. So when you're at home, it reflects you and your personality. And it's not just some random object that anyone could go online and buy. Right. And I think, you know, I love that you're touching on thrifting and secondhand because 
a lot of people, you know, roll their eyes like, oh, I would never buy something secondhand. I'd never thrift clothing. I would never thrift this, that, right? But I think, you know, depending, like you said, your values and what you want, I think it, you can save a crap ton of money like, oh, yeah. by thrifting. You know, like you said, there could be like unique pieces. If you go to a thrift store and you're looking for like a vase or you're looking for some decorations in your house, you're probably not going to see it in anyone else's house or it'll be like a really old house <laughs> because you're finding stuff at a thrift store. So can you touch on like a little bit of the decoration aspect? Do you incorporate a lot of secondhand for decorations in the house as well? I do. That's actually I, a huge thing a lot. There are some clients that aren't huge fans of vintage furniture and you know what that it's not my house. So I, I'm not going to push someone to get something that they don't like. And if I'm showing them some vintage things and you're like, you know what? I sometimes clients are like, I just don't know what the quality is going to be, or maybe the condition of it. And they're just a little hesitant. And, you know, no matter how much you talk to them about, you know, the, the quality and the seller's great or whatever, I, a lot of times adding those vintage in um, vintage items in through decor is really great. I think, like you said, vases, is one thing. I love getting vintage lights. Lighting is my favorite thing to pick out. And I think that lighting makes the biggest difference in a home personally. Just the mood that lighting can set for your home when you have table lamps and floor lamps and, you know, accent lighting, I think is just a really, really cool way to, you know, add that ambiance to your space. So like outside of finding lamps or maybe some furniture, you said like we can get, you know, vase. Are there other things that you, that you would thrift um, that you like to decorate homes that are like, yeah, I'm on board with like the secondhand thrifting. I'm going to save some money and it's going to be super unique. What are some things that, that you like to look for? Uh, Art is another really big thing. A really good hack is to even places like the Goodwill or Savers or things like that have artwork and they have frames. And a lot of times for photo shoots, I just pop out the artwork and switch it out with artwork that I already have, or I got from a small shop or um, on Etsy or something like that. And they're just a few dollars. And that's something where I think, you know, interior design can be really expensive getting sustainable pieces. But you also can find really inexpensive things if you're just thrifty and a little crafty. Other things too, I don't do this so much anymore just because I don't have a lot of time, but I did used to buy a lot of vintage fabric and make pillows for clients. Oh, wow. Um, And that was something really fun, whether it was, I don't know if you've heard of Brimfield. Brimfield's really big here in Massachusetts. It's, I think, the biggest antique show on the East Coast. Um, And it happens three times a year. So I would go to Brimfield and get a bunch of different fabrics or I'd go on Etsy or other shops and just find vintage fabrics, which I think just adds in a really cool uniqueness factor. Even if you have a plain sofa, you're just, you can get these really cool fabrics and make such a big difference in a home. And do you ever recommend to clients like to DIY stuff? Let's say example for me, I had this old milk jug and I wanted to make it into a vase. So I like, I painted it with like baking soda and paint and it's like all shimmery. Do you ever recommend to clients like, oh, this is really beautiful, but we can like spruce it up and kind of change it. Like it's like a unique piece, but it's kind of outdated. Will you take that piece instead of going to the store and buying something or even thrifting something? Do you try to incorporate what they already have and then spruce it up if you need to? It depends what it is. I guess 
I think some of the times with the clients that I have, they just don't have the time for that kind of thing. So I think it, it, it depends on the client and it depends on the item. I personally do, and you'll see me do it. My husband do it a lot in our home. But I think for some of the clients that I have, a lot of them are either like too busy working parents or, um, you know, maybe they, they both have jobs or something like that. So I think some of the DIY things are things that they don't necessarily have time for. And do you, yeah, I get that. I mean, it's a busy mom, a busy dad, a busy parent, you know, got littles running around. They don't necessarily want to be like DIYing their interior design. So you've done like an interior, like design job, whether it's like one bedroom or the whole house, what do you do with the stuff that they don't want? So say mm-hmm. there's like some stuff that's still in really great condition, but they're like, yeah, I'm done with like the sixties look in my living room or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And they want to spruce it up. Do you help them dispose of stuff properly? Like, um, so what is that process for you? Like for your business? Um, that's such a good question. I'm so glad you asked that. Yeah, that's a huge thing because throw it. And again, with interior design, it could be really wasteful if you're not mindful about, you know, what you're doing with the things that you already have. So a lot of times clients will either have family or friends that want to take something. Maybe the sofa is in you know pretty good condition. It just doesn't really work with the space, or maybe it came from an old apartment and it doesn't fit in their new one. So family and friends are definitely first. Um, I think things like Facebook Marketplace are really awesome. I was just with a client a couple of days ago and he has some appliances and they're in decent condition. They don't work. They were left over from the previous owner and they don't really work in the space in the new kitchen that we're remodeling. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to put them down in the basement. Don't really know what I'm going to do with them. And the contractor and I were like, why don't you put them on Facebook Marketplace? You can make a little bit of money and you can you know, get rid of it to someone who needs it. Um, The other thing too is Habitat for Humanity does have a good program. It can be a little tricky sometimes depending on the condition of something, but if you call up Habitat for Humanity and send them photos and, you know, talk with them, they'll be able to come and actually pick up your, the items that you want to get rid of. And then they bring it to the store and they sell it for a small fee and it's donating to the Habitat. That's really good. I think, you know, that also makes your business sustainable, right? Because I'm not sure a lot of interior designers, I'm not going to, you know, paint everyone with the same brush, obviously, but I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of waste is created and that they're just like, oh, we'll just put it in the trash or we'll just get rid of it, you know, and just out of sight, out of mind. Right. So I love that you really incorporate that in your business. You're like, okay, I'm going to help you design your home, but like, let's find ways that we can like get rid of this properly. So do you, you know, so say you have clients that have all these, you know, their, their family doesn't want it. Facebook marketplace isn't working, whatever. Do they, do you encourage them? Like, Hey, like let's drop it off at, you know, a donation center because somebody else might really like this. Do you encourage your clients to do that as well? Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing too, is even before we start to look at donating things or giving it away to friends, family, we look at things and say, what can work in this house that you already have? Because I think sometimes clients are like, oh, I don't really know about this space or I don't really know about this chair. And maybe it's just mixed with the wrong things. I have a client who has some really, really beautiful Persian rugs. And she was like, oh, I don't know if it'll work in this space. And I'm looking at it like, I think that's gorgeous. It's just mixed with the wrong things. So I think it's doing an inventory of what you have and 
utilizing that because for me, I mean, I would never want someone to just go out and buy something just to buy it. I think something should have a purpose and there's a reason why you're getting it, not just to get everything new just because. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like there's some stuff I'm very adamant on buying new. (laughs) And then there's some stuff I'm just like, I don't really care if it's secondhand. You know, for me, some furniture, I'm very adamant on getting new for a host of reasons. That could be uh, another podcast episode, but, um, mm-hmm. and then there's other stuff where I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love, you know, like you said, that uniqueness, that originality that it brings to the house. And I all, like, I really appreciate that, you know, yes, you're sustainable interior design and you are going to attract those types of people, right? You're not going to attract, I mean, you might attract somebody that might not care about the environment, but hopefully you'll be able to educate them a little bit along the way. But most people are yeah. probably have that like they have a level of consciousness of green living and sustainability. But Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate that you're not going into someone's house and saying, okay, we need to like get rid of everything because I I would imagine there are some people that do that, right? They just go in and even if the the piece of furniture or like you said, just doesn't fit the style of the room, it might fit somewhere else in the house. So I just appreciate that you go in, you're like, okay, like let's audit what you have. And if something doesn't fit in this space, it might fit into another space. And then you don't have to spend more money. Exactly. And I think the other thing too is with interior design, I'm not a trendy designer by any means. I, you know, I think it's fun, of course, to, you know, see, oh, what's quote unquote in style and things like that. And obviously, you know, you want things to look nice for, you know, nowadays and to be that like more modern essentially, but I'm not going to go in there and say, oh, this is the trendy color of the year. So let's get your sofa this color. Let's paint the walls this color. The spaces that I design, I really want to be classic and timeless and evolve with time so that you're not just sitting there a couple of years from now being like, oh, well, now we need to replace everything because we're really, you know, over this, this look. I, I think it's something where it's a curation of different styles and blending them correctly to make these spaces not necessarily just be very dated. And sometimes can it be just as easy as like switching a blank, like, okay, maybe not as easy yep. as a blanket, but, or just like switching yeah. in a rug and it just changes the whole look of, of the room. Yeah. It's those little things too. Like if they do want to add, cause a lot of the palettes that I work with are a lot of neutrals. And I think if a client wants to have some color, it's like, okay, you know, maybe we'll do it with the pillows or some of the smaller textiles or accessories so that they do want to switch it out. It's just these little things they are not replacing a whole sofa or chair, you know, any of those big items. Yeah. Because I think people sometimes get overwhelmed, like interior design, I'm going to have to rip out my whole house, but it, it, like I said, it just could be as simple as just like little tweaks to change the feel of the, of the home. Right. Yep. And it doesn't even have to be you know, I, I would imagine you go into some homes and it's just, oh, we're just working on the kitchen or we're just working on the living room versus like the whole house. For the most part, I do majority of the home. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I, we, we, we've done some single rooms, but not too much recently. It, it is a majority of the home. I just wonder, I was just curious because I was like, oh, is it, you know, does price play a point? Does... But I guess if somebody's like, I want to change the living room and then the living room kind of like <laughs> goes out to the kitchen and then the kitchen leads yeah. to this, I guess it's like at one point you're like, okay, just do it all. <laughs> like- yeah, that's kind of it. I think a lot of times, yeah, it's like if one room isn't really great for them, it's 
very typical that majority of the house looks like that. And I think also once, cause I, we also have done phasing, um, too with clients where it's like, okay, well maybe we start in this room and then we'll move on to this room. You know, you do one room and then they're like, oh yeah, this makes such a big difference. And I think that's when you start to say, yeah, we really do have to do some of these other spaces because I think a lot of it is just, especially right now is the the happiness and kind of like that wellness factor of just feeling really good in your space. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, we moved probably about a year and a half ago, left our condo and moved to a new home. And it makes a difference. Like, you know, our condo was nice. It was pretty, it's two bedrooms just didn't, we're four people now. It just wasn't fitting with our family, but it makes a difference. Like we moved and there's bigger windows and everything's a little bit more modern. And there's like a lot of light and like plants galore now, whereas I didn't have plants before. And it, it just makes a huge difference on your mood and how you feel, you know? So I could just imagine when, you know, you go into someone's house uh, and you really, you know, switch stuff out or move stuff around or like move a rug here, there and go buy some, like, it really does change how you feel. Like it really does. And I, I think people often, you know, we'll just keep the house the way it is. Everything's fine, but they're living in a dungeon because it's so dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Daylight paint might help, right? (laughs) (laughs) Daylight is so important. I think that's something that's really underrated and kind of goes along with that lighting aspect is just having the right daylight in your home can really make a huge difference. And when you're designing, do you incorporate a lot of plants into people's designs? Yeah, I think that's, I I mean, I, for one, just love plants and even love the look of it, but I think they're just, they have so many great benefits for people. So that's definitely something that we add in. And it's so funny. It was probably like a week or two ago. My husband was on Facebook doing something and he said, oh my God, stuff. He's like, I just found the perfect thing for you. Secondhand plant. It's like the <laughs> perfect thing. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, go on Facebook marketplace. And I go on, I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone's getting rid of their plants. <laughs> it's like, oh holy crap. Well, because there's some people that, you know, regrow their plants if like a leaf fell off and then they're selling them for like five bucks or they're legit, you know, selling their plants at a fraction of the price. My husband just like, this is like a gold mine for you. Secondhand plants. He's like, who would have thought, you know? So it's like, you wouldn't think about it, but it's like, how can you, you know, plants can, you know, can be as little as $5 and sometimes they're hundreds of dollars. Right. Oh, yeah. So I'm just they thinking like for design, you could go to Facebook marketplace and you could probably find a lot of plants. <laughs> yeah. No, they <laughs> can get really money. expensive when you're with the decor and just, yep. you know, when you start to get like, you need a couple of big plants and yeah, they can be a couple of hundred dollars each. And then you need to get planters for them too. It can definitely add up really quickly. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm hanging out right now for my plants. <laughs> Facebook marketplace. I'm like always searching. I'm like, Oh, that plant, it's not far from my house. I'm going to go pick that up. (laughs) And like, even like planters and stuff you can find as well. Like some nice ones. I think people often forget that, you know, it's not forget, but there's so many sites like Facebook marketplace and other sites that, that sell secondhand stuff. And it's just, it's, they're in good condition. There's nothing wrong with it. The person just doesn't want it anymore. You know what I mean? It just doesn't fit. You know, they have too many plants now, you know, or they're a plant store in their house. <laughs> like they're, 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 they're selling plants out of their house. Um, but that it, I just, I just really love that you incorporate all this together. You know, you're like, I'm going to help you redesign your house and 
it's going to be pretty and it's going to be warm and it's going to be all the things, but we're going to incorporate that sustainability of sustainable products. We're going to incorporate secondhand stuff, maybe some secondhand plants one day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I, I just appreciate it because I don't, there's not, I don't think there's a lot of people out there. Like when I was, when we got our home, we had someone come in and I mean, they were an interior designer, but I was like, okay, like I had to tell her what I want. Like, I'm like, I don't want this, this, and this. And she didn't, not that she didn't have the answers, but it wasn't her, her specialty. Like she didn't know where to find stuff. I was like, I want this, this, and this, but she didn't know where to find it because she's never done it before. So I think it's going to be coming more and more common that there's going to be, you know, businesses and consultants and interior designers that are really going to focus on sustainability. And I think it's really, really important. Like really important. Yeah, I think a lot. It's definitely grown over the years. Um, I have a well AP certification. Um, it's um, kind of similar to LEED, um, but LEED is how buildings affect the environment, right. and well is how buildings affect people. Oh, and when wow. I got that, I got that. I think about five years ago now, five maybe six years ago, and it was very very new. I was like one of the first like few hundred people to get it. Now there's like thousands and thousands of people who have that certification and it's becoming a lot more popular, um, which is amazing and really great that the industry is making strides towards that because that's what we want. You know, we, we want more people to get into this. We want more companies because I think also it can be a struggle sometimes. And I think that's why I love shopping vintage a lot because it can be a struggle to find good quality products sometimes for clients. Because there's sometimes where clients are very particular about what you want, and you're like, "Man, where am I going to find this?" <laughs> and you know, everything you like you said, like a lot of the older furniture, it's it's better made. They used real wood. It's not pressed wood. It's not like whatever it is that wood is not like great. It's sometimes not even real wood, right? It's like so particle it's just, board. Yeah, it's just like it's weird. Like when we moved into our home, we took some of the furniture just because we didn't have furniture to fill a house. And we're like, okay, we need, and my husband knew that we wanted to look at sustainable stuff or, or secondhand and sustainable furniture can, you know, cost more. So he's like, we're going to go kind of room by room or what's, what's the more most important thing we're going to tackle. So we kept some of the furniture and we kept the dining, the, like the kitchen table just because, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't wood. (laughs) Like I'm pretty sure like it looked like wood, but I don't, I mean, there might've been wood in there somewhere, but like it was a man me, like some sort of build. And, and I'm so glad that we ended up getting actual wood and steel as our table because it just, it's going to last so much longer, you know, that's, like, it's, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing about sustainability too, that I think people should think about, because I think in this day and age, people are very well versed into Amazon or Wayfair and these, <laughs> you know, the, I think it's the equivalent of fast fashion, but like, you mm-hmm. know, fast interior design. And <laughs> I mean, for one, like with lead times right now, people are like, I don't want to wait five mm-hmm. months for a sofa. I can just pop onto Amazon or Wayfair and get one in a couple of days. But what they don't realize, I mean, with that kind of quality, you're probably going to be getting a new one in a couple of years again. And so I think that's, you know, probably one of the most important things with sustainability and picking things out is buying things that are good quality that yes, they might be a little bit more of an upfront cost, but if you're not replacing that in a few years and you're having this for 10, 20 years, that is going to save you money in the long run. Oh, for sure. Like we waited, I don't know how long for our kitchen table, like 
I felt like a year. I don't think it was a year, but it was like close. <laughs> and like, they it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it was a year at this point. <laughs> no, we waited a really long time. We waited a long time for my daughter's bed, but it was because, yeah, we had it, you know, we got it from a company that does mass produce some of their stuff, but their sustainability line, they don't mass produce. So we had to wait for it to actually be constructed. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think that's a big piece of sustainability is, you know, buying stuff that lasts. So whether it's, you know, you talked about fast fashion, you know, buying clothing that's not going to fall apart after you wash it four times, right? It's buying a vase that, you know, maybe not plastic that's going to fall apart, you know? It's buying furniture that is going to last and it's not made from some man-made material. It's made from wood or steel or whatever. And I I think people, you know, it's fast. Fast fashion fast furniture, like fast everything. I think people just want stuff fast because like you said, they're just so used to Amazon that, oh, I want it now and I get it now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's the same thing when it comes to like the interior design of your home. So I just appreciate like what you're doing and it's it's going to have such a ripple effect. You know, all these homes are are going to be safer and they're going to be made with better product, like with better materials. And it's just, the ripple effect and people, you know, maybe they're going to change other things in their lives, right. Just from you educating on certain things. So that's really cool. My, I do have a question for you, like a little bit outside of like your interior designing. So what do you do in your everyday life? So, you know, Hannah's like not designing a house today or tomorrow. Like what do you add in your home to be more green and not necessarily designing, but like things that you do. So, you know, using cups or, you know, reusable bags, just like, what is it that you do with your husband and perhaps your dog um, <laughs> that's sustainable, like outside of the design world? Yeah. I, so right next to me, I have my water bottle, my clean canteen <laughs> water bottle that I use every single day. I think a lot of things are kitchen oriented because I love food. Um, but a lot of like beeswax and glass Tupperware reusing jars. I know you're big into reusing glass jars. That's something that we do a lot of, you know, I think those are a lot of, I think it's a lot of like the kitchen aspects that I think is really important. Other things too, is I I do love, I love fashion. I don't necessarily love buying a lot of new fashion. I think definitely over the years I've become more minimalist and kind of have more of like the capsule wardrobe, but certain clothing brands I really love and advocate for like Everlane. I love, um, I don't know how to pronounce it. They're French Cezanne or Cezanne, probably pronouncing it wrong. I love those companies. (laughs) And then I do a lot of vintage shopping too, of course, with clothing as well. And has your husband kind of like, cause you do part of the business together, don't you? Like part of, aren't you guys, you guys are do a bit of work together when it comes to the design or you're building a cottage. I wish we worked together. <laughs> I, I don't think he would like that, um, but we, um, so we just bought a cabin in Maine that we're renovating. So that that's kind of like, you know, when you say in our free time, that is our free time right now. <laughs> so we're going up to Maine every weekend and we're renovating the cabin. And so that's like a huge thing about where I want to use this as, you know, a, you know, a showcase for clients. Like you can like, here's what we can do to your home, um, you know, sustainably, and we're completely renovating all of it. So just making sure that 
we're, we're staining all of the, we're sanding and staining all of the walls currently. So the stain that we went with has no VOCs in it. You know, I think that's something that is really important to be mindful of, especially when we have Kona, our dog, if you have little kids, to be mindful of just the materials that are going into mm-hmm. it and the products that you're using. And so my question was going to be like, is your husband on board with a lot of the sustainability things you do? You know, the reusing, you know, the thrifting, the repurposing and stuff like that. Yeah, he's really, really knowledgeable. And I think what he brings to the table is a lot of the technology things that I don't know about, or a lot of the home, like some of like the home aspects of like the HVAC or electrical, like those are things that he knows very well because he's an engineer. So it's really nice that we can kind of fuse and blend our knowledge together. That's funny. My husband's an engineer as well. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're like engineer. I'm like, yep. My husband's an engineer too. <laughs> and like for your everyday life, like he, he, he's on board with like, you're like, okay, we can't forget a reasonable mug today. We can't forget this, or we got to bring a bag. Like he's on board with like those different changes. Oh, totally. Yeah. He's, he's probably the one that's like, Hey, like we need the reusable bags when you go to the uh, grocery store. Uh, you know, he's very, very good about that. And also I think just like mindful about the companies that we purchase from, you know, he's definitely like, we're very on board with each other. That's great. And I think some, I, I just often wonder if couples struggle with that, you know, if, if you know, one of the partners or like the wife, the husband or wife and wife or husband and husband, whatever, mm-hmm. like <laughs> whatever your partnership <laughs> is, if, you know, one is more into the sustainability world and the other person is like, yeah, I'm not really into it. And I, I often wonder if it's a struggle, my husband and I, he, he's on board with everything, like for the most part. I mean, he's not as dark green as I am. <laughs> he's always <laughs> like, you're like almost black. You're so dark green, but it's just, it's nice when your partner is like interested in those things and does want to make changes as well. You know, like my husband will say like, oh, I was getting a new shirt and I got it. He had to buy boxers or I don't remember what it was. And it's like, oh, what did you buy? And he's like, look what I found. They're made of X, Y, Z and they're like sustainable. And I checked out the company and all these kind of things. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I would have been more helping him find those things or encouraging Mm -hmm. him. And now he's doing it himself. So it's really great when your partner can be on board and you kind of like do these things together. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how can listeners find you? Your website, your social media, and you she's going to talk about Instagram. You got to check out her Instagram. Her pictures are gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so my Instagram is lawless underscore design. My website is lawless-design. Um, I did buy the domain for lawless design. Finally, I got that domain a few weeks ago. I'm so happy. Um, I need to add that to my website though and get that running. <laughs> and so I just want to thank you for being here. It's been a great conversation. I like having unique conversations with people. So this has been super, super great. So thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to sit and chat with me for like 30 minutes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I love talking about this. So this was fun. Thank you. So for more green living inspiration, you can listen to other episodes Episode 27, Eco Guilt, Just Drop It. Episode 20, Six Ways to Detox Your Home. Or you can listen to episode nine or all three of them, How to Reuse What You Already Have. To stay connected with me on Instagram, you can find me at Green Junkie Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Junkie Podcast on the platform you're listening on. 
If you're curious about zero waste living, sustainable fashion, or wondering how to read food, cleaning, and product labels, I've got you covered. For direct access to me, your green living expert, click the link in the show notes where you can ask me questions and get a customized plan on how you can live a greener life. Hop on a one-on-one call with me on Zoom, or if Zoom is not your thing, you can ask me your questions via email. I will be your hashtag personal green Google, and you can pick my brain. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday, Green Junkies.